0: Hello again, everyone. So here we are for episode seven, because I never feel like I'm done teaching. And it seems like every time I touch on a subject, the subject just gets bigger and bigger, which is a good thing, I guess, right? Uh, The title I have for my episode this evening is Contending for Your Spiritual Inheritance. And I've actually been uh, making some notes this evening as I am walking around my house and ended up preaching to myself, so this is probably going to come across at some point more like preaching than teaching, but I think there's a reason for that. Uh, It depends on how strongly sometimes you feel a certain subject burning inside of you, and what I'm saying tonight is definitely a fire ablazing. So um, honestly, there are so many facets to God's nature and so many levels on which he speaks and ministers to us that you will never, ever feel like you know everything. And I will add, there are so many levels on which he wants to speak and minister to us. And that is what I am wanting to lay more groundwork for. One foundational thing that I will spend time on right now is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Firstly, because I'm not confident that I've spent enough time on that as of yet, and that really is the starting point for walking in the Spirit. Without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is nothing to walk in but our own thinking, our own reasoning, and our own abilities, And that is certainly not what God's intention was for his people. And I'm speaking from personal experience, but I'll go into that later on, but maybe not tonight. From Genesis to Revelation, God is a God who makes full spiritual provision for his people in every single area that pertains to their redemption, their purification, and their maturity in him. Now, I'm going to give all of you, my beloved brothers and sisters, one piece of spiritual counsel. And I I guarantee you, if you will let this one thing please sink deep down into your heart and observe this on a daily basis, your spiritual walk cannot help but grow. And that also includes growing in your receptivity to the Holy Spirit, and growing in your expectancy to hear from the Holy Spirit. Luke one hundred thirty seven says, For no word from God shall be void of power. Now, I really like reading that in the Amplified Version. For with God nothing is ever impossible, and no word of God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Now, let's keep in mind this particular verse in its context are the words being spoken by the angel Gabriel sent to Mary concerning God's promise of giving birth to Jesus. An angel, now watch this closely, an angel is saying that no word of God, including the one he's speaking to Mary, is void of power or empty of power. Now remember, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life, which brings me to this next point. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, you know what? I'll repeat myself as much as I feel like I have to. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That is Jesus Christ talking to you and talking to me. So right here, let me advise you as your big brother in the Lord, do your spiritual growth a huge favor. Stop listening to dry Bible teachers who teach against the Holy Spirit, dry Bible teachers who treat the Word of God like an intellectual mountain you have to climb, Bible teachers who treat the Holy Spirit of God as a deaf mute who doesn't speak any longer or guide any longer. Turn that TV off. Change that channel. In 43 years as a Christian, I have probably only followed two or three teachers at the most, Bible teachers at the most. And I certainly never followed anyone who approached the Bible from a strictly intellectual standpoint, but never walked it out in power at all. As the Apostle Paul said, I'm not interested in the words of those who speak lofty things as though they are of some spiritual reputation. I want to know if they have any spiritual power or authority. That's in 1 Corinthians, by the way. Obtaining and entering our spiritual inheritance should be easy and straightforward, you would think. But we do not live in a world of just flesh and blood people. We live in a world with principalities and powers that will stop at nothing to ensure that the, Jesus, the church of Jesus Christ is opposed at every turn and that every believer is likewise, opposed, intimidated, and all the rest. Just like Goliath in the Old Testament, who yelled taunts and threats and insults at the children of Israel until David was brave enough to face him and call his bluff, So children of God today are faced with the same spirits. But in our case, many times those spirits that taunt and intimidate and try to make you feel spiritually small and inferior are wearing preacher suits and have television programs that have elevated them to spiritual superstar status. They pride themselves on their oratory skills and after all, you think, They wouldn't have such a huge audience if they didn't know the Word of God better than I do. When in reality, they are religious unbelief and intellectualism in a suit behind a shiny wooden pulpit meant to impress as well as to intimidate. After all, you'll never arrive at their level of scriptural knowledge. You know what? I would never... Listen to some professing Bible teacher who has never laid hands on the sick, never cast out demons, never moved in the power of God. Because God's nature is always redemptive. In every way that he moved through Jesus and the disciples in the book of Acts, he wants to move through us. And he is all over the world except where there is unbelief and carnally carnal-mindedness. Your ears were created by God. They belong to Him. So do not let some religious person full of unbelief and doubt pump their garbage into the ears on your head that God created. Because as you hear, so it shall be measured back to you. Jesus said, Take heed how you hear. Luke 8, verse 18. Look that up tonight. Write that down. And make that part of your spiritual repertoire every single day. When many of Jesus' followers began to walk away from him, he asked his 12 disciples, Will you also go away? And Peter said, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He didn't say, oh, Jesus, I love the way you preach. I just, I love it. It just captivates me. And, and I love that pulpit you stand behind every Sunday. He said, you have the words of eternal life. The Pharisees taught in the temple every Sabbath. Nobody ever talked like that, that about them Hebrews 4.12 says for the word of God is living and active and full of power making it operative energizing and effective that's from the amplified Hebrews 4.12 look that up tonight write that down keep that with you For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. This is the mindset that we have got to have as believers. That Bible on your shelf, that Bible on your table, that Bible by your bedside, it is alive and powerful, energizing, full of power. It's not just for an intellectual Bible study. And when we begin to approach the Word of God as a living, active thing, listen closely, as an extension of the power and presence and person of God Himself in our life, in our personal life, that is when your spiritual growth takes off the runway. Okay? So that is when you begin to walk with an awareness that God is with you, he is present with you, his power is present with you and in you. Look, if, if God was interested in just simply being a God who was far away, he never would have sent his son. And he most certainly would have never sent his Holy Spirit who was here to lead us and guide us in all into all the truth, which is what Jesus said, to be our comforter, to be our paraclete, which means the helper who comes alongside of us, as in Romans chapter 8. And as Jesus said to his followers and his disciples of the Holy Spirit, he is now with you, but he will be in you. So do not stop until you know, brother and sister, until you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is living in you, residing inside of you. That is exactly why we have the pattern in the New Testament and specifically the book of Acts, so that we can know that he is in us. First of all, Jesus himself is called the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself declared of the Holy Spirit, he shall be in you. And Jesus himself said, you shall be clothed with power. And he didn't mean the power to be devout and holy. Again, the pattern that God himself set in his word shows followers and disciples clothed with power that everyone saw, heard, and took notice of, and could not deny. If no one ever noticed the Holy Spirit coming on you, then he did not. If no one felt it or heard it, then he did not. That is not to be divisive. That is not to put one Christian above another. That is to adhere to God's own pattern. And God's pattern is something that we do not have the authority or the privilege of deviating from. And he has set it forth so that the church of Jesus Christ, this is so important, he has set that pattern forth so that the church of Jesus Christ all over the world, in all generations, May grow into maturity and enter into all that has been spiritually provided for them in all ages, all geographic locations, and cultures. Every believer in every part of the world is given the exact same spiritual provision in the Word of the Living God and the Holy Spirit. It's fantastic, it's amazing, and it's simple but we've allowed professionals to complicate it. It's time we go back to what Jesus said out of his own mouth and what the word of the living God has set forth before us. Do not, please I'm I am pleading with everything in my heart to all of my brothers and sisters right now, do not let anyone out of a religious bias or out of some kind of defensiveness talk you out of that ever that is your spiritual birthright that your heavenly Father has given you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That is your inheritance. that is yours. It was bought by the blood of Jesus. Don't you dare give it away. Don't let a doubting, carnal, worldly-minded Esau talk you out of that inheritance. And let me remind you how the Apostle Peter himself, this is in the book of Acts. Again, I love the book of Acts, and if you spend time, just, just, you know what, camp out in the book of Acts. If anyone is having any issues with hearing from the Holy Spirit and feeling his presence, camp out in the book of Acts for the next 30 days. I guarantee you problem solved. Okay? Um the book of Acts, first uh it was chapter two or three. Peter himself was not completely convinced that the Jewish gospel of their Jewish Messiah was meant to be given into the unclean hands of the Gentiles until the Holy Spirit fell on Cornelius and his household. As the Apostle Peter was still talking, the Holy Spirit interrupted Peter in the middle of his preaching and the family, the Gentile family of Cornelius was baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began praising God and speaking in other tongues and that is the moment when the Apostle Peter said, Look, they've received the same Holy Spirit we have. They should also get baptized now. That is God's pattern. The apostles believed it. The apostles acted on it because everywhere the gospel was preached, the apostles went to those believers to make sure they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if they had not, it says in the book of Acts, Peter and John laid hands on them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that passage to you in a minute. Do not let anyone full of unbelief come anywhere near talking you out of the promise of the Father, which is part of your spiritual inheritance in Jesus Christ. This belongs to you. Do not let any man on this earth Try to twist your thinking or bring you under some religious condemnation. I'm going to read you the full account of this particular example because it clearly shows you that the apostles were intent. The apostles themselves, we're talking about the, is in Ephesians it says the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church. That foundation continues till all, through all eternity. The foundation of your house that was laid does not have an expiration date. Next year, you're not going to go outside your house and find out, oh my God, the foundation's gone. The house is sitting on sand. That foundation is set. It is immovable. So the apostles are part of the foundation of the eternal church of the living God. So everything that they did and said had a purpose and a reason, was part of God's pattern, was part of God's foundation. So, I will read you the full account of this particular example in the book of Acts because, like I said, this clearly shows you that the apostles were intent on the church as it grew, having the same power of the Holy Spirit that they did because they understood that that was Jesus' original intent that the Holy Spirit was not just to sit, not just set to clothe and empower the hundred and twenty people gathered in the upper room he was set to clothe and empower the entire church to all generations now here we go I'm reading from Acts. Chapter 14, this is where, I believe it's 14, forgive me if I'm wrong. This is the account of the evangelist Philip going to Samaria to preach the gospel. And in that account it says that he did many miracles, there were many healings, demons were cast out of people, even Simon the sorcerer who had bewitched the entire city of Samaria and was looked upon as an angel from God. He he saw the miracles. He saw Philip casting out demons. It didn't seem to impress him much. He got saved, apparently, but it didn't seem to impress him as much as when the people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, when the apostles, which were at Jerusalem... Heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. That's clearly an outward demonstration. It wasn't inward, it became inward. He was not yet fallen upon them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit. And for the person who's thinking, it doesn't say here they spoke in tongues or had any manifestation. look at the full context again with Simon. He was a sorcerer. He had seen demons cast out and healings. But when he saw the Holy Spirit come upon these new believers that had been healed and delivered, he offered Peter money to give him the power to do the same thing. So obviously... Receiving the Holy Spirit according to the New Testament and according to the book of Acts was something that was not only visible but was a powerful demonstration. Powerful enough for a sorcerer to want to buy it. So it didn't happen at a quiet little corner. That may offend some religious spirits and people who have been indoctrinated against the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they don't have to stay indoctrinated. They don't have to stay in a place where they feel like, well, I don't have it, so you know that doesn't make me a bad Christian. No one's making anyone feel like a bad Christian. Again, this is about contending for your spiritual inheritance that was provided for you by the blood of Jesus. So let's reframe the situation biblically not according to spiritual prejudice or bias. Please, let's do that. Let's frame our current level of experience according to the Word of God, not what we've been taught by a church denomination and not how we've been programmed religiously. Frame your experience according to the Word of God and the Word of God alone. That's it. The Word of God is your foundation. So, and, and that's, that's primarily where, where my motivation is. Um, I want to see my fellow brothers and sisters contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints, to the church, through the apostles, and religious presumption has no place in the word of God at all. And if the apostles adhered, adhered to this, then who are we to presume differently? my heart it is time to drive a stake through the heart of the vampire that has sucked the life and power of god out of the church so you can call me mark the vampire killer because i hate those religious demons i hate those religious demons just as much as jesus hated them i hate them for how they rob the people of god of their true spiritual inheritance i love seeing people get set free from demonic spirits. I love seeing people get healed. I love seeing people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I led a young man that I worked with uh, years ago at Prudential Life Insurance to the Lord. We uh, we had gone to lunch one day. I invited him to lunch because he was looking really depressed and sad. I didn't know why. I didn't know him that well. Uh, his name was John Cimitelli in West Palm Beach. And We're sitting there at this little restaurant where all the agents went for lunch. And we're sitting in our booth. And they finally brought the food. And I wasn't thinking about what I was doing. I was just doing what I always did. I bowed my head and I was praying over my meal. And without even consciously thinking about it, I started praying in tongues over my meal and said my amen. And when I looked up, John was looking at me like all bug-eyed and like in shock and he was like what were you just doing (laughs) and I said oh I was just praying in tongues over my food and he's like what's that so I shared with him the gospel and about the baptism and he started crying And he apparently was going through a separation with his wife, Lori, who I still remember her name. Uh, And he felt broken. He felt totally destroyed. And I said, well, John, you know what? I can promise you that Jesus wants to give you new life. I can't promise you that he'll heal your marriage. That might happen. But... You don't have to ignore the rest of what he wants to do for you. And I don't remember word for word what I said, but I prayed for him and I led him to the Lord Jesus right there at the table. And he powerfully came to the Lord right there at that table in that restaurant. I spent the next several weeks Uh, spending time with him in the conference room at Prudential, uh, discipling him in the Word. And just like I'm talking to you guys right now, I was the same way with John. I walked him through the Word of God. I got him grounded in the living Word of God as a living thing, a powerful thing. And within a few weeks, I felt the Holy Spirit say, Now's the time. You get him baptized in me. And I didn't do it until then because I wanted to make sure that he had his feet under him spiritually. I wanted to make sure that John had a solid foundation in his spirit. Not in his mind, but in his spirit of the Word of God. I saw him begin to to grow. Uh, I could see a strength and an energy and a life coming into him. I could see this wilted plant start to stand up straight and green. And that's when the Holy Spirit said, now's the time. So we met at John's apartment one afternoon. I taught him from the Word of God about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just like I'm teaching you folks. And he sat down in a chair in his kitchen. And I stood up behind him. I laid hands on him. And I prayed for him to receive the Holy Spirit. And the next thing I know, he is standing up with his hands raised in the air, speaking in tongues and praising and worshiping God. I didn't tell him to do that. He did that. He did that all on his own. So I know whereof I speak. And I know the fruit of what I'm preaching because I know it's real. I know it's God. I know it's the living word of God and the power of God. And nobody could ever talk me out of it. So if you have some religious professing people of unbelief stalking you and harassing you, you let me know. I'll take care of them. The spirit of John MacArthur brings out the spiritual Rottweiler in me. I absolutely detest anybody who makes a living denying and mocking the Holy Spirit of the living God. And if that sounds rough, may I remind you, please, that Jesus himself said, anyone That covers pretty much anyone, right? Anyone who speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven in this lifetime or the next. Bam. Bam. Point blank between the eyes. There's no fine print there, baby. Anyone who speaks a word against the Holy Spirit in this life or the next... It's done. It's over. So you might have a nice, shiny religious suit on. You might stand behind a nice, shiny pulpit. But it's going to be real hot for you when the show is over. So with all of that being said, I commend everyone listening to the Word of God, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. In Jesus' name, amen.